You know something? No so for you! Come back! One year! Yeah, we both have so much in common. We both love soup. Soup's not a meal! You're supposed to buy me a meal! I'm not stopping you from eating! Go ahead and eat! Get anything you want! That's a lot of soup! That's a lot of soup! It looks delicious. What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, February 3rd, and Tom Brady has retired from the NFL. Insane news. Uh, never thought this day would come. 22 seasons. Uh, a little bit interesting of a saga. We'll get into that. I know we talked about it on the last podcast, too, but uh, got to prepare for life without Brady. Yeah, I mean, Schefter definitely cucked to this entire situation, but um, it's going to be cool. I mean, for a while, I mean, I love Tom Brady. I I respected his greatness the entire time, even back when he didn't have Super Bowl four, five, six, and seven. But um, it's crazy. What did you think of the announcement? So I thought the fact he didn't mention the Patriots on Tuesday when he retired was weird. And then Bill and the Patriots both released statements and he responded to them on Instagram. By the way, if you follow Tom Brady on Instagram, he's going like full suburban mom with the Instagram story. The dots are so small. You literally cannot see them right now. Um, It's, it's absolutely insane. He's resharing everyone that has a minimum of like 50,000 followers. Uh, But it was a little weird. They didn't shout out the Patriots. Uh, I, I think that's coming. The, the rumors swirling around is he's going to sign a one day and retire as a Patriot. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm sure Bill will say something more when he gets in front of a microphone. Uh, interested to see if he gets interviewed for Super Bowl week. Same with Tom. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a little clunky, especially with the Schefter stuff. And now it looks like Brady intentionally cucked Schefter, which is really, really funny. Um, one last fuck you on the way out. But it was weird. It, I'm still kind of processing all of it because, you know, I wrote about it on the website, www.goodsoup.blog. And I've never experienced football without Tom Brady. Like I've never watched an NFL Sunday that I can remember consciously without Tom Brady being involved. Uh, he only ever missed 15 games the one season he tore his ACL. And then the four games he was suspended. So NFL Ironman pretty much played every snap. It's going to be a weird transition to life without him. Yeah, he kind of talked about, well, I don't know if he talked about him, but the video he released today had the Patriots in it. So that was at least something for that fan base. But hey, man, I mean, he left on top. Yeah, well, the, the most passing yards this, this this year too. Yeah, I know. I that's the weird thing about the retirement is he clearly could have kept playing for a couple more years, but I, I kind of wondered if this would happen because what else does he really have to prove? Like no one's ever gonna win seven Super Bowls as a starter. There's only two guys with more than three Super Bowls besides Brady, and it's Montana with four and Bradshaw with four. The the original TB12. Shout out Terry Bradshaw. I don't know if anyone's ever going to even come close to that. Like we, we, we talk about Mahomes cause he's still young, but he only has one and they lost again this year. So he's got a lot to make up for. Uh, we'll dive into some of the Brady stats, but just the craziest career. I think anyone had in any sport. Um, it, it's, it's 
baffling. I think the craziest stat of all of them, Tom Brady won 12.7% of all Super Bowls played in NFL history. That's insane. That almost sounds like a fake statistic. Yeah. Um, Well, he went to like what, like one season less than all of his seasons played or like half of all of his seasons played. He went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, as a starter, I think he only missed the playoffs one time in 2002, which was the year after the first Super Bowl. They went nine and seven. I think that was the only time that a Tom Brady team missed the playoffs where he was active. They clearly missed the playoffs the Matt Castle year when he got hurt. I think they still went 10 and six. Yeah, so, the, the best win percentage team to never make the playoff. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. Um, the, the craziest thing for me is just the playoff production. Um, it, it's almost baffling. He won 35 playoff games. The next closest person was Joe Montana with 16. That's 19 win difference. That's more than double Joe Montana's wins. He threw for 12,720 yards and 85 touchdowns in the playoffs. Like we said, he won seven Super Bowls, but he went to 10, uh, losing to only NFC East teams, the Giants twice and the Eagles, NFC Beast. He, he put New England on the map. Uh, they were a doormat franchise with absolutely no history before he got there. You can say, yeah, they went to a Super Bowl. Whatever, they were a joke. And when he got to Boston, Boston sports were a joke. The Celtics were garbage in the mid to late 90s. Um, The Red Sox clearly hadn't won in 81 years before they won it in 2004. The Patriots hadn't won. So, like, he came in, he put them on the map. Him and Belichick, give Belichick credit too. But it's wild. He has five Super Bowl MVPs. That is also the most all-time, an NFL record. Just absolutely nutty. Dude, he like, the Super Bowl he lost – he had like 500-something fucking passing yards. Yeah, he set the yards record for the Super Bowl the in the game he lost. God, in the Super Bowl, dude. Oh, my God. I've been seeing this going around a lot lately. It was in the, the blog post I wrote, but it, Brady had literally three Hall of Fame careers, yep. which is crazy to think about. From 2000 to 2006, he threw for 21,564 yards, 147 touchdowns, 78 picks. And he won three Super Bowls in that span. From 07 to 2014, they almost went perfect the one year they lost to the Giants. They were a great team. He probably had his most productive years. He threw for 31,694 yards, 245 touchdowns, 65 interceptions. And he won two MVP awards and the one Super Bowl in 2014. And then from 2015 to 2021, which is the shortest time span of all of these, he threw for 25,946 yards, 189 touchdowns, 48 picks, won three Super Bowls, one more MVP award, and was 40 years old for every one of those seasons. It, it, it truly is unbelievable. And you could argue he changed the game with like all the rules that you can argue were made around him, but it's like all these Brady rules. Oh, that's a, like no, – no defensive player can hit the quarterback because it's Tom Brady, blah, blah, blah. Like he turned the league probably into a passing league. There's an argument to be had there. And he's a cultural icon. I I bet if you've never watched an NFL football game, you still know who Tom Brady is. He's everywhere. He's the definition of a winner. 
And he was the hardest worker on all of his teams. He was the first guy in, last guy out. All summer he was throwing. I mean, he was the 199th pick in the sixth round by the Patriots. We all know the story. He's basically a backup at Michigan. They bring him in. You know, Bledsoe's ahead of him. There's no way he's ever really going to play. And then Bledsoe gets hurt. He comes in. He's okay for the first couple years. And then just to the moon, it's a perfect pairing. I mean, he got Belichick. Belichick clearly taught him the ways of winning that, that dark magic that they got going on in new England, but he's a, a phenom. It's more than football. I I was thinking about it. Now, all of the quarterbacks from my childhood that I idolized are retired. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, a big Ben didn't idolize him. You know, Tom was the last one hanging on and Tom got there before all those guys, except Manning and him and Peyton Manning are the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. The difference is it took Manning a couple of years. Brady left New England. Everyone said he was washed, immediately went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl. Um, whatever argument could have been made, be made that he wasn't the greatest quarterback ever before 2015 is dead now. He is clearly the greatest quarterback and I think the greatest yeah. football player ever to play. Yeah, and he took team-friendly deals too. Yeah, he was a team guy. Granted, his wife was like the highest paid model for a lot of that time. But like, I mean, if you're making millions of dollars, like he he was a team friendly guy. He allowed the team, even though they didn't always bring in the biggest name guys, he allowed the team to spend money where they needed to. He he didn't soak it up like the Packers are doing now with Rodgers, the Mahomes $500 million deal. Like those kill teams in the long term, but. But he stayed around forever. Exactly. That's why he played quarterback. Probably probably one of the fifth oldest or top 10 for sure. Oldest players in NFL history. I I don't know about the kickers out there, but he's 44 years old. 43 or 44. Like it's nuts. He's 44. The craziest thing about him is you would think a guy like Brady who won so much, like every fan base would hate. And, you know, there are people that hate Tom Brady, especially in Philadelphia, Side note, Philadelphia hates pretty much everybody, so I don't really know (laughs) how that weighs into the equation. But, like, no one really hates Tom Brady. Uh, He's a pretty – I I would say respect is the word. Most people don't love him because he beat their team's brains in over and over and over. Shout out Bills, Jets, and Dolphins. But I don't really know – like, you could see by the reception of him retiring, no one really has hatred in their heart for Tom Brady. Everyone's a little nostalgic looking back. I mean, like I said, I've never experienced an NFL Sunday without Tom Brady playing. It is clearly the pass the torch moment in football where we've been talking about this younger generation of quarterbacks. Now all the older guys are gone, and Patrick Mahomes is the face of the quarterback position in the NFL. Yep, he is. I mean, what a, what a great career really unparalleled uh, you know i mean all these guys have all this shit and brady's a no nonsense he's there to play football he's a businessman he's a hard worker he doesn't have any of those stigmas attached to him yeah there's the deflate gate and the spy gate thing i'll always make the argument that every team was doing that yeah the yeah. patriots got caught they were also the highest scrutinized team at the time that's that's why they got caught they played last fast and loose with it but I, I mean, every team was doing it. I'm not justifying; it's still wrong. But well, I mean, if that's his wanna... only stigma, yeah. then that's that's pretty damn good for a whole career. 
and I mean, if I don't, we don't have to debate def- deflate gate. I mean, both teams' balls were deflated, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to get into it, but it, I mean, it, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who who cares? Dude, they, they blew who them cares? out and, and they were running the ball the whole time. Yeah, it, it didn't make a difference in the game. I don't even think Colts fans would argue it did at this point. The, the Spygate stuff, yeah, that's shady behavior, but I think every team was doing that. And how much of an advantage did it really give them in the long run? You still Probably a little bit. Yeah, you still got to line up, throw the ball, tackle yeah. everything. So Exactly. And Brady beat you with his intelligence and his work ethic. He knew what play you were going to run before you played, before you ran it on defense because he studied your tape from the past three seasons all week. And he could get his guys in a position to win over and over and over. I mean, the Patriots never had the most talent on offense. That was always the narrative. You know, comparing him to Peyton Manning feels the most natural because that's the whole career of both guys. But Manning had Edron James and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. The Patriots never really had those big weapons besides Randy Moss. Um, who who had, was old? Uh, I mean, but Randy Moss was still awesome, especially uh, in that oh. that 08 season where they almost went undefeated. That was 50 like, touchdowns. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, he got prime production out of Moss. But besides that, like, Julian Edelman goes anywhere else. Does he develop into the player he is? You know, Wes Welker, you could say the same thing about him, but you can't really compare him to Denver because he was hurt the whole time. Uh, Deion Branch won Super Bowl MVP, left, went to Seattle, did absolutely nothing, came back to New England and did pretty well again. So I I think you can just see how Brady makes everyone on the field better. Uh, And that's a testament to him. And he will go down as the greatest football player ever. Uh, And he will go down as the greatest football player ever. Uh, I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, we refer to everyone as goat now. Uh, it's like it's lost all meaning as greatest of all time. Now it's just an adjective for a guy who's really, really good. But who's your where, where's Brady rank on your goat list? Well, my goat list, Tom Brady is number two. Give me the whole list, dog. Let's get let's get into it. All right. All right. Let's get after it. So number one, and to be fair, it it was kind of tough towards the bottom of my top five. So I do have some honorable mentions, but my greatest athlete of all time, this might be controversial, Michael Phelps. Don't disagree is on my list too. Yep. I I, mean, I mean, you know, I'm a swimmer, so (laughs) I'm not even a swimmer, dude. I mean, I, I took lessons till I was probably 12, but. The dude has 23 Olympic gold medals. Granted, in 2008, when he won all eight events, there are eight events. So, you know, there's stuff for you to win. If you go to this guy's Wikipedia page and look at, on the right, his Olympic games and the amount of golds he has. Yeah. The world champion medals. Yeah, the world champion is the kicker, too, because he wasn't just, like, the greatest swimmer in the Olympics. He was the greatest swimmer in every event let me see so total he has 66 medals over his career like like, including the olympics world champions pan pacific games 14 silvers and third and three bronze like bro it's it's just pure domination i granted we we are from the u.s and it was force fed to us with those 2008 2012 olympic games yeah but he competed in five people forget five olympic games like he won eight medals in the one and we all remember that but 
23 golds overall. I think that's second now. Didn't uh, Simone Biles pass him? I'm not positive on that. I think she did, or at least tied him. She, she might have. Um, but regardless, still yeah. crazy. Yeah, granted, she she is in my honorable mentions, so yeah. she's up there. But in my on my list, like especially since I'm Finney hot takes, like I I gotta put someone outside of the big major four sports as as number Love one. Love it. And for me, it's Michael Phelps. What about you? Who's your number one? So my number one's Brady. Um, yep. The the twelve point seven percent of all Super Bowls that have been played, he won, is just too much for me to overlook. That is an absolutely insane stat. Seven Super Bowls. We talked about the 35 playoff wins and all the stats that go along with it. The persona, the way that he did it. And just what what caps it off for me is going to Tampa and winning the first year he got there. A franchise that was in the dumpster. Like, yeah, they were an okay competitive team, but Jameis had the 30-30 season the year before. And they weren't super competitive. He went, they stacked players around him and gave him a strong supporting cast. And he just lit the league on fire. I mean, they blew the chiefs out in super bowl. It wasn't even close. So I, I have to put Brady at one for sure. Who's your number two. Actually let's snake draft it. Okay. Who, so who I'll go, guys? I'll go now. Yep. Uh, I got bill Russell at number two of goat of goats. Ooh. Hot take. Cause a lot of people will say Jordan, but bill Russell made 12 all-star games. He won 11 championships. That's the most of anyone as a player. Let me preface that because he also was the coach after he was done. Um, he finished for playoff points, 39th, not super high, but rebounds per game. He is second all-time at 22.5. In the playoffs, he is first all-time at 24.9. He had two NBA Finals game sevens where he had 40 points and 40 rebounds in the same oh game. Oh my God. Dude. That is what? absolutely bonkers. That is insanity. Oh um, my gosh. He is second all time in minutes per game at 42.3. The dude never left the court. I mean, his career plus regular season, oh, sorry, his career regular season plus playoffs for defensive win shares. 155.4, that is first all-time among all players. He's an oft-forgotten guy because he played in the same era as Wilt, and, you know, Wilt had the 100 points. But, I mean, just absolutely wild career, 11 championships. The, that 40-40 thing is the one thing I can never get past, and it was a different game. He was playing against guys that were a lot smaller than he was. Plumbers. Yeah, I mean, essentially plumbers. <laughs> but That's what people like to say, yeah. Like, just five-time MVP in the era where Wilt played as well. Uh, I think he averaged 22.5 rebounds per game for his career and 15.1 points per game for his career. His free throw percentage, his one downside, 56.1, not great. His field goal percentage, 44. And he wasn't like he was out there dunking the ball all the time. Um. 42.3 minutes per game is the kicker for me. Just wild. He played 963 career games. The dude played 13 seasons. He won 11 championships. Only two years as a player did he not win an NBA championship. That's insane. So, yeah, different era. Kind of, I think basketball is the toughest sport to compare players across eras. Definitely. But 
as far as winning basketball and the 40-40 games in game seven when it mattered most. I mean, can you imagine 40 points and 40 rebounds? He wasn't really asked to be a scorer all the time on those Celtics teams, but he was out there getting boards every night. In 63-64, he only averaged 15 points a game, but he averaged 24.7 rebounds a game. If a guy got 24 rebounds in a game today, we'd lose our shit. It'd be like, oh my God, that's wild. He averaged that per game, dude. Just absolutely wild. So he's my number two on go to goats. Love it, dude. Love it. I, I, I always love the outside the box, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. Yeah, because like we can argue Jordan, LeBron all day. I mean, we can argue Jordan, LeBron till our faces get blue. But how do you compare those two? They played in two completely different eras of basketball. And if you're going to say Jordan's the greatest winner ever, then you're doing Bill Russell a huge disservice. No. Uh, yep. I hear you. I hear you. So my number two, great pick, great pick. My number two is Tom Brady. So yeah, everything you, you said about Brady holds true. Um, I'll throw in there uh, two time sports illustrated sportsman of the year. Hell yeah. Um, I love that. Got to give him that. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, so going to my number three, I will pick Jordan. Okay. I think, Again, so just as a Wikipedia page skimmer, six-time NBA champion, six-time NBA Finals MVP, five-time MVP, 14-time All-Star. Um, d- dude won the IBM Award two times. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but never <laughs> never heard of it. Three-time AP Athlete of the Year, so overall athlete of the year. Yeah. Um, he was on the Dream Team. Um, in college, ACC player, ACC rookie of the year, number 23 retired by the Tar Heels, 23 retired by the Bulls. And I don't know if the Wikipedia page is wrong or not, but 23 was retired by the Miami Heat as well. Interesting. Interesting. So, that might be a LeBron. Well, LeBron were six there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did that so he couldn't wear a 23. I don't know. That's weird. Um. And also, like one of my other athletes, Teaser, he won the presidential – or he was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2016. McDonald's All-American. I mean, one thing we all I'll know say, Michael Jordan. Like, you talked about Brady and the retirement stuff. Yeah. That guy's globally known. This guy was the most globally known – the first globally known athlete, you know, outside, yeah. of, outside of maybe like a Roman, like, gladiator. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, he is the icon. If you think what I said about Brady, if you've never watched a snap of football, you know who Brady is. If you've never watched a sporting event, you know who Michael Jordan is. He's got the shoe brand, the Jordan brand. Um, We'll get to another guy on my list, but like he ventured in with, with like the Nike golf stuff and a little bit of Jordan golf stuff. And now it's pretty big. He's a mogul. He owns an NBA team. They're really bad and he's a terrible owner, but he owns an NBA team. So like, He's everywhere all the time. He is an absolute icon. And for modern basketball, he's the greatest winner we've had. I mean, same thing with Brady leaving and going to Tampa and winning. He retired, came back, and they lost in the playoffs that year to the um, to the Magic with Shaq. But he came back the next year and won. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I can't he, disagree. He's done it all. Um, back to him being an owner, like this – I don't include Michael Jordan, the owner, in my goat of goats. But Yeah, you can't. You can't. <laughs> they were supposed to get Anthony Davis the year that he was drafted, but because of the lottery, they got the second pick. Was that Michael Kidd Gilchrist? 
Yeah, I, it was. It, it, I don't know no, who, no, no. My Kid Icarus had to be before that. I don't think they played on the same team. It, it, I don't know if it, I don't think it was, but now, like Jordan was on. I remember watching this draft lottery. I don't know why I watched it, but you could see Jordan's face just go so fucking pissed when they didn't get it. Yeah. Um, he went to the Pelicans. Whatever. You know. I was watching that Lakers game the other night when they were playing Charlotte that we talked about on the last podcast, and they kept cutting to Jordan in the box. And he was so angry when the Lakers were coming back. He like walked out from in front of the glass and like turned around and was like throwing his hands around. Uh, <laughs> you could tell he's still competitive as hell, dude. Um, gambler all time line from the 30 for 30 last dance. I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem. Yeah. That's why he's, that's why he's number three on my list. Let's go. I respect the pick. Totally. I personally don't like Michael Jordan that much as a person. Um, but he's, I, I used to cape for LeBron saying he was the greatest basketball player ever. I think he's the most talented basketball player ever, but this is the goat list, the greatest of all time. And you have to take into account Jordan never lost an NBA finals. So that's huge. I mean, you can't discredit that. I like the pick. Um, my number three, going to go with another childhood icon. I'm going to go Tiger Woods. Now, Kind of a hot take because he doesn't have the most majors, but he he has 15 majors. He has 82 wins. And in 2000, which was his best season, he had nine wins in one year. I don't know how much golf you watch or how into you it. I, I'm really into golf. I love it. Nine wins in a season is so crazy. If you get two wins in a season, you should be doing victory laps. I mean, that's an accomplishment. He had nine. He invented the Tiger Slam, which was four straight majors. Uh, I think it started with the PGA and then he won every major the following year. Just the dude in his prime, you could tune in, turn on any golf tournament and you just knew Tiger was going to win. It was over. He would stand on the tee and the guy next to him would be shitting his pants. The intimidation factor, the cool, calm, collected. He was an idol. He was an icon. He had all the personal stuff. Honestly, if he's hitting on waitresses at Perkins, that's a pretty baller move. Um, the balls on this guy. Am I right? So like I, I, Tiger's a monster and it, we were talking about cultural icons. He fits that mold. Everyone knew who Tiger was the way Jordan invented, you know, Jordan's and reinvented Nike uh, clothing line, shoes, all of that. Tiger reinvented golf wear. Uh, everyone was wearing sponsored cotton polos. Tiger comes along in the red Nike dry fit tight with the black pants revolutionized how people dress, how people carried themselves in golf. And similar to what we saw a couple of years ago in baseball with the Renaissance of personality, Tiger was that guy. Uh, he was really one of the first guys to come out and have swag on a golf course and be that competitive. Uh, he's got some of the most memorable moments in the history of sports that 15th hole chip in at the masters where the mm. ball rolls and Vern Lundquist is like, no way mm. it can't go. Oh, and the yeah, ball baby. stops and the Nike logo comes up and it drops. Let's go, baby. Like, yes. That gets you hype, man. I, he is the first golfer to capture the public's attention like that. I mean, there was Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, and I'll debate my dad all the time. He's like, Jack Nicholas, the greatest golfer ever. I'm like, Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholas didn't change golf the way Tiger Woods changed golf. And you see all these younger guys coming up. They're jacked. They're in great shape. They're hitting the ball a million yards. They're tuned in. Their game is perfect. 
that would have never existed. I don't think without tiger, I, he set that mold. If you work hard and if you get in shape, this isn't just a game for guys that are super skilled. You can be a world-class athlete and train with Navy seals and be at the pinnacle of the sport. So I'm going to go with tiger as my number three. Dude. I'm pissed that you got to go through all his shit because he's my number four. Yeah. I mean, so I watched the HBO two-part documentary on him or like mini, whatever, I don't know what you want to call it, but the two-part documentary on him, dude, he won the first masters by like 12 strokes. The first masters he played in, in 1995, he like just came out of college. He was 19 years old. He won the masters by 12 strokes. There was all this controversy too around he could be the first African-American golfer to ever win at the Masters. And he fucking won it by 12 strokes. He won in college. He, he was the most dominant golfer. You said he revolutionized golf. He saved golf. Dude, he put golf was, on the map. Yeah, he really did. I was a kid. I didn't even know. I didn't really watch a lot of sports. I'd be at my, my dad's on the weekend just watching golf. He'd be taking a nap. And I'm like, I want to watch this fucking golf tournament. And watch Tiger Woods just dominate. Like, it's a Sunday. I'm watching the guy that's wearing red. And so I'm a want, kid, and I don't even play golf, but I'm like, I need to watch this guy. You got to tune in. You want to hear some more crazy Tiger stats? I think these ones might blow your mind. Yes. Uh, best score to par in majors from 1997 to 2009, the era where Tiger dominated. Tiger was minus 134. Next place was Phil Mickelson at plus 99. <laughs> Minimum 70 rounds, by the way. In the last 60 years, three instances of a player winning five or more PGA starts in a row. Tiger had seven straight, Tiger had six straight, and Tiger had five straight. He's the only player since 1950 to win the same PGA, PGA Tour event four years in a row, and he did it twice. The Buick Invitational from 05 to 08 and Bay Hill Invitational from 03 to, uh, 2000 to 03. He has seven major wins by three shots or more. It's the most all time. The last player before Tiger to even reach the career milestone of seven major wins was Tom Watson in 1982. So he has seven wins by three shots at least. And the last player to even get to seven was Tom Watson in 82. I mean, it's absolutely bonkers what this guy did in such a short period of time because his peak was really 99 to 2008. And then he's won one major since then, which was the Masters a few years ago. And I'll argue that that is a, up there with any moment in the history of sports. When Tiger came back, he won that Masters. I think every TV in America was tuned in to see him do that. He not only wins, he makes a completely unnecessary 15-foot putt at the end to seal it. Walks off, picks up his son, has that great moment. It, it's crazy. Dude, it, it's God, he might be one of my favorite athletes of all time. It's unbelievable what this guy did. Um, Presidential Medal of Freedom winner as well. Um, if, if, if he didn't have his scandal, you know, I mean, he shouldn't be doing that. We all know he yeah. was driving, driving while on, I don't know, Ambien or sleep medication. I don't know. You, you can fact check it yourself. But if he didn't have that, like, he's three majors away. He was out of golf for years. He, he'd have the major record in my opinion granted his back was hurt his knees he had surgeries but like the dude was just unbelievable after he went away from golf I think he obviously had a new caddy he, he's been through swing coaches so it, you know that's golf but 
Yeah, I mean, Tiger is the only player currently under the age of 50 with 25 or more PGA Tour wins, and he won his 25th PGA Tour title more than 20 years ago in 2001. Think about that. Think about Let that set in. He won nine in 2000. There's most of the tour does not have nine wins, and he won nine tournaments in one year. Um, I'll nerd out about Tiger all day, but just absolutely unbelievable career and that's why he's on my list at number watch four. the H- watch the hbo documentary on on, on that called tiger it goes through all everything like from when he was a kid all the way through it so i love it i can't wait to watch charlie i don't want to sound like a weirdo but i think that kid could be unfucking believable i don't want to put pressure on him but i'm excited for what the future holds yeah, Who's I have the, to make a correction. He's my number three, not my number four. I said he was yeah. my number four, but that was number three. He's my number four. So who's your number four? This was tough for me for these last two spots to put one ahead at the other. But for my number four, I'm going to go Michael Phelps, not to repeat what you're doing. Um, but same reasons. I mean, 23 gold medals. I love swimming and I swam as a kid. I swam in high school and I swam in college. And Michael Phelps has always been my idol. One note on Michael Phelps we did not cover. I have the poster in my apartment, him ripping the bong, that picture, and then the public outcry that was like, oh, my God, how could he ever do that? I'm like, yo, this motherfucker is spending nine hours a day in a pool and then eating a pound of pasta. Like, how the fuck do you think he's not high? Like, what <laughs> who, what, what are you talking about? All the swimmers smoke weed, dude. How do you – you can't just cope – with that type of physical grueling training without doing something and letting off some steam, let the man live. But yeah, he's my number four. I, I, I can't put anyone else. The bong pick. That was also like what? 2010 or something. I think it was, it was after the Olympics where he won the gold met the eight gold medals. So it must've been like around that range. 2022. So it's been 14 years now. Now the NFL is donating money to research the effects of cannabis it's been legalized in a ton of places like yeah he got fucking blasted for that like every karen in every catholic school was like no 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 michael phelps is not an icon he hit a bong it's like bro he didn't post the picture and he didn't take the picture he's just trying to enjoy a little weed on a thursday night you know everyone does it bro you can buy cbd and thc variants in any state in the country like he's watching probably gonna get high watch a little jersey shore it's 2010 you know gt gym tan laundry like little gtl i i don't know man i i I, we we got really carried away with that and it's really funny to see how society's changed in that short a period of time but uh who is your number five i got wayne douglas gretzky good call Good I'll call. be honest, dude, he's not even – I don't watch hockey. I watch the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup. I don't watch hockey at all. But the accolades that this guy has in, like, the all-time points leader. Yep, assists too. Like, he has the most assists. People forget oh, about that. His assists outnumber anyone else's points. Like, I know. Um, he's, he, he, he has, I think, the most records outside of seven Super Bowls, like – you're not breaking his points record. That is maybe the most untouchable outside of Wilt's records. Like, yeah. It, his goals are in trouble because Ovechkin's closing in. He's not super close yet, but Ovechkin's still scoring 35, 40 goals a year, which is nuts. So I, he might get passed in goals, but like you said, he's got the most assists and the most points ever. And I don't think his points total can ever be touched. 
and that's the, and like you look back at all the old film of him like you know compare comparing eras like in hockey like all those guys were so fucking skinny back then too like they didn't they didn't have any of the sports technology like there is today i mean he just dominated i mean granted assists in hockey are the hockey assists so he may have had that extra pass a few times but i'll, like, I'll say this he had 50 hat tricks which for non-hockey listeners that's three goals or more in a game it's actually just three goals i think qualifies you can get a double hat trick i don't know where that goes on this list uh i'm not a hockey expert but he had 50 hat tricks the next person was mario lemieux with 40 so he had 10 more hat tricks than everyone else like the second place guy that's wild dude yep yep Um, he he, he had a rule in hockey called the gretzky rule um in the 1985-86 season um to introduce offsetting penalties i mean like if if I think if you ask any hockey player like who is the greatest hockey player of all time, there might be some debate. But Wayne Gretzky, it's just it's Gretzky. He uh he was number one all time in point shares in NHL history with two hundred and fifty one. Pretty much all from offense. Like he wasn't a defensive player, so I, hockey's a little different with those statistics because if you play forward it's it's tough to to get on the defensive play sheet and i'm actually not even sure how that's calculated because again i'm not an avid hockey watcher but that's absolutely bonkers it's pretty much driven his offensive point share was 223.9 so almost all of that is based on his offensive performance he was that good so i totally agree sweet who you got uh, this is my number five uh this one's easy for me i'm gonna go usain bolt this is the Ooh, fastest man yep. to ever exist uh and if Phelps is the greatest Olympian, then Usain Bolt probably is the most iconic Olympian. Uh, he won eight gold medals, 11 world championships. The difference between him and Phelps is he ran one or two events, uh, sometimes three with a relay in all the Olympics that he was in, while Phelps swam in about eight to seven to eight each Olympics. So Phelps had way more opportunity to get medals. Um. He has the most iconic moment in Olympic history where he just like looks to the camera as he's going across the finish line and kind of slows up as he sets the world record. He owns the world record in the 100 meter, the 200 meter, and the four by 100 relay. Um, just absolutely crazy. He, he's the fastest man ever. Oh, I, I, I love that pick. When I was looking at like, greatest athlete list like it was hard for track and field like he's the best sprinter of all time I mean it's gonna be crazy when someone breaks his record but I know I talked about my dad earlier not a sports guy at all when Usain Bolt was in the Olympics my dad was like hey we're gonna get home and we're gonna watch this guy from not a sports dude and he's fucking there and he wants to watch this guy man I mean that just tells you how transcendental he is across the world a guy from Jamaica on the second poorest on the on an island that's the second poorest country in the world and he's just running and he's he's making it happen the gold shoes the lightning bolt pose man i mean it's god you got to love it 9.58 seconds in the 100 meter i can't say anything else and he slowed up at the end of that that is absolutely if, absurd if you ever get in a a time where your youtube recommended page sucks Look up Usain Bolt highlights. It's unbelievable, dude. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The best part, they're all short because the man was that fast. 
Yep. Um, he was unbelievable. Like you said, it was must-see TV every time he competed. He was a 15-time world championship finalist. For a sprinter, that is absolutely absurd. Great. Honorable mentions, I'll, I'll go through my list. Um, Pele. Okay. Um, Soccer he, guy. He, he won three World Cups. It's pretty incredible. Um, I'll be honest. I just looked up. Like I'm a Messi and Ronaldo dude, so different eras for sure. But he was number one on a lot of lists. So uh, Muhammad Ali speaks for himself. Yeah. I, I. You know what? I'm a little upset I left him off. I didn't even think about it. Yep. Yep. Um, Roger Federer. That's my. That's my goat of tennis. I know yep. Nadal has more. Djokovic is probably going to beat their records. He's my guy. Um, Sean White, Simone Biles uh, for, for gymnastics. Um, Dale Earnhardt, fucking, he was NASCAR in the 80s and yeah. 90s. Um, I, I think if you're going to go Earnhardt, you got to mention Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Richard oh. Petty as well. But yeah, no, Earnhardt for sure. I, as an icon we talked about earlier as a criteria, he fit yep. that mold. 100%. Um, great guy. And Jimmy Johnson is like my best of all time but dale i think because of the aura and the care yeah. and like the image he is he's my greatest um let's go paul rabel for lacrosse okay uh, lacrosse is not a big sport in the united states it's the oldest sport of the united states if you go back to the uh native americans but as a lacrosse guy myself in high school he, he is that guy i can certify him um did uh did christopher columbus try and take credit for lacrosse too or, or did he pass on that one? That's that's a good question for historians. Don't ask me. Just watch Crooked Arrow, the movie. <laughs> saw that in high school with the boys. Went down the Timonium movie nice. theater. We saw it, yep. I don't um, know what any of those words were, but that sounds great. <laughs> Crooked Arrows was a lacrosse movie that came out when I was in high school. Um, and Timonium's by, like, outside of Baltimore. It's like a little city. where, But they, but they, they were showing the movie, so... All my buddies and I went down there. But to wrap up the list, got to give a shout out to Secretariat, craziest racehorse yeah. of all time. Won the Belmont by 30 by 30, uh, 30 lengths. And again, and, uh, unproblematic dude. I never heard any negative feedback about Secretariat. <laughs> he seems like a great guy. Did not juice. Confirmed. No, confirmed. Also, wasn't Toby Maguire in that movie? Am I imagining that or did that happen? I feel like there was a Secretariat movie with Toby Maguire. You're the movie guy, so don't ask. Yeah, me. hold on, hold on, because I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm thinking of the right movie here. I will. I'll, I'll say I'll cut this out, but there's no fucking way I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ, it's taking forever. Cast. No, it does not look like Tobey Maguire was in this movie. I think I was just wrong. Awesome. Okay. That was great. That was great great podcasting right there great dead air uh last person on my list no one will know who this guy is that's fine i didn't i didn't know who he was either until i researched it this guy named kelly slater is the best professional surfer of all time and it's not even a question every surfing event there is he's won it he was supposed to retire like years ago and he's still winning events Look him up. I don't want to go through his stats and act like I know what any of it is. <laughs> Look it up. He's on my honorable mention list because I didn't, you know. 
you went thorough and that's what we do on this podcast. Yes. And I appreciate it. Cause I didn't bring the heat on surfing. You Finney Finney's out here just bringing the heat on tennis on the last podcast. He gave me some lacrosse info on this one. Now he's bringing surfing to the table. I, a Renaissance man. Watch hundred foot wave on HBO. He's not mentioned in it, but God damn that <laughs> great, great little documentary. Kelly Slater, honorable mention surfing. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention baseball. Cause I, we talked about this before. Baseball's too hard to pick one guy. I do want to mention a couple people, though, that I think are in the discussion. Pedro Martinez, I consider him the greatest pitcher of all time. He pitched during the steroid era and posted arguably the two greatest seasons uh, a pitcher ever had in the history of baseball. It Again, like, he didn't cheat, and he was absolutely bonkers. Um, in 1999, he went 23-4. and four with a 2.07 ERA in 31 games, 213 innings pitched. And then in 2000, he went 18-6 and six with a 1.74 ERA in 29 appearances. And he also had four shutouts in 2000. It, it's widely considered the greatest season ever, but in 1999, he led the league with 313 strikeouts, and in 2000, he led the league with 284 strikeouts. His FIP, in 1999 was 1.39 that is fielding independent pitching meaning that if you take the fielders out of the equation normally your era would go up his era went down essentially he was a 2.07 it was a 1.39 fit that season um and then in 2000 he had a 2.17 fit which is wild and by the way in 2001 he had a 1.61 fit which is like this guy in the midst of the steroid era absolutely destroyed teams um and he's a phillies icon for that last year of his career uh i will also mention for baseball bob gibson a lot of people probably don't know who bob gibson is uh he pitched from 1959 until 1975 he's one of the most iconic greatest pitchers of all time uh in 1968 he had arguably the greatest season ever posted a 1.12 ERA in 34 games. He went 22 and nine. His fifth that season was 1.77. He won the Cy Young and the MVP that year, but Bob Gibson, absolute icon also dealt with immense racism in an era of baseball where players had to deal with those things and wasn't even just a baseball player, ran track, played three other sports, didn't really know if baseball was the sport he wanted to play originally wasn't a pitcher because his coach told him he couldn't pitch mostly because he was an African-American and then decided to go, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to become one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So I'm throwing Pedro and Bob Gibson on my list for baseball and Barry Bonds. Shout out Barry Bonds. Yeah. Did, did Pedro make the hall of fame? 2015 first ballot. That's it. That says enough right there. 10.04 strikeouts per nine innings. Absolutely bonkers. But uh, yeah, that rounds out my honorable mentions. I think we covered literally everything we possibly could have covered there. You, you went into to surfing and lacrosse. Um, I know who Paul Rabel is, so I, I agree. Other than I don't know who any other lacrosse players are, and I know who Paul Rabel is. That's, that speaks for itself. 
you know, I, th- I think he retired this past year too. He's been having some knee issues. He, he's old too. Like when I was in high school, he was a pro in like the MLL major league lacrosse. Now there's like the PLL, which, which he actually started. He started a fucking lacrosse league um, where it, it's run by the players. There's no owners. I think there what, might be owners, but like, it, what do the Philadelphia wings play in? Is that the NLL? Yeah, NLL, I think, is the indoor league. Yeah, yeah that's – I dude, dollar beers. Shout out the wings. You guys are doing it right. I think they can fight each other in that one too. I saw a fist yep. fight. Pretty yep. wild. Pretty wild. I, I understand hockey because you're on skates and can't, like, land haymakers because you're on fucking skates on ice. These guys are just in, like, sneakers throwing throwing punches. It's pretty lit. Yeah, that's, that's actually – that's called box lacrosse. So, like, the indoor league is called box lacrosse. At least it was when I was growing up, but – yeah, man, he started a fucking league. I mean, I played lacrosse all through high school. Fucking, I didn't play attack or midfield, whatever he played, but he was that dude. So. Yeah, man. Good Hell stuff. yeah. Good well, stuff. Uh, those are our goat of goats list and honorable mentions. We'll transition into some more uh, fucked up NFL news is the way I'm going to put it today. Um, the Brian Flores story, he is suing the NFL uh, and it is a class action lawsuit, so other people are likely going to get involved, alleging the NFL and the Giants and the Broncos uh, all displayed racism towards him due to the Rooney rule. I will recap it quickly. The Giants this year interviewed Flores, or are planning to interview Flores, and Flores got a text from Bill Belichick congratulating him for getting the position. Bill Belichick or Brian Flores was like, oh, I'm still waiting to interview with them. Thanks. Uh, Hopefully I get the job. Seemed excited. Bill Belichick responded with, I fucked this situation up. I meant to text Brian Dable about getting the job. This is a full week, maybe two weeks before Flores is even supposed to interview for the job. They had already picked their guy and they were going to bring Flores in, waste his time, waste his energy and demean him essentially just to fulfill the Rooney rule. And we can get into the Rooney rule. I've always thought that it doesn't solve anything and it's useless because forcing people to interview a coach just because they're African-American doesn't mean they have to hire that coach. It just means they have to fill a position. The Eagles did it for years with Deuce Staley, where there was no way they were going to hire Deuce Staley to get the job, but they would interview him every time during the when Andy Reid left when Chip Kelly was fired because they had to fill that rule. The rule doesn't solve anything, but the Broncos interview is alarming. Uh, apparently Flores went in to interview with the Broncos in 2019. John Elway and their owner at the time showed up an hour late, clearly hung over from partying the last night. And Flores insinuates that they had already chosen Fangio as the head coach, which again, you can choose a coach. You know, you can choose a white coach. That's not inherently racist. What's inherently racist is forcing Brian Flores to come in and interview for this job to check a box on your end, wasting his time, wasting his family's time, and wasting precious preparation time while giving the guy hope that he's going to get the job and the emotional, you know, distress that comes after not getting a job like that. And to feel like you never really even had a shot in the first place makes you question your self-worth can put you into a, a, a tailspin. The real kicker for the NFL in this is he alleges Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 a loss 
in the 2020 season to 2019, 2020 season to try and get the team a higher draft pick. I don't see how that's any different than what Pete Rose did in baseball, even though it's not gambling, you're still offering a guy money to fix games. And clearly Flores didn't do that. They won 10 games that year and they won nine games this year. So if you're looking for a reason that a winning coach for a dog shit organization was fired, it might be that it might be because he refused to lose. And even this year with the Deshaun Watson thing, he wanted Watson to win and he wanted to win games and win now. And the dolphins seem content to build for the future. Um, it's a pretty disgusting situation. And it highlights again, what I always say about the NFL, they don't care about race and they don't care about these issues, these systemic issues in America. They're going to throw end racism in the end zone on the back of Kirk cousins helmet and call it a day. But in reality, it's all to save face and they don't care. Yeah. I mean, he, he shouldn't have been fired in the first place. Like, yes, that's the biggest thing where he had, was it two back-to-back winning seasons? Yeah, 10 and 6, 9 and 7. Or 9 and 8. What were they? 9 and 8 because the extra game. Like, it, it doesn't make sense as to why he's even fired. No, but, but this, this sheds more light on it. I mean, if they were offering him 100K a loss and he won 10 games, that, that could be a reason right there. Yeah, I'm not going to act like I'm the guy with all the answers for – the race problem in, in the NFL. Cause I, I don't really know how you fix it. No. And again, I don't want to insinuate that, you know, I even understand what Brian Flores is going through. Cause I don't, I'm a, I'm a white yeah. man in America. Like it doesn't, I can't begin to understand what he goes through behind the scenes, but if this is coming to light with how much the NFL tries to drown out these situations, I can only imagine what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Like I don't understand why these teams are, like you should interview all the fucking candidates. Yeah, one guy might stand out to you, but like if I'm a manager in corporate America, I'm gonna interview all the fucking candidates that I that I have that pop off the list before I decide. Someone might be on my big board, but like why why are the Giants even telling Bill Belichick anyways? Like that's just they, they fucked up really, but like I don't know, like why do people have to act like this? It's fucked up. I think as of today. After uh, Cully got fired this year and Flores got fired this year, I think Tomlin's the only African-American head coach in all of football. You have Robert Sala and Ron Rivera as minority coaches, but that's a disgrace. I mean, look at the NBA. Almost half the league has African-American coaches. And I'm not saying you should hire a coach based on race one way or another. I'm saying you interview the best candidate and you hire them. And in the NFL, there's 32 teams. And if there's one black head coach, then you have a problem. There's something going on because that doesn't make any sense. Most of the league's African-American. At least half of the league's African-American. And you're going to tell me that there's not a qualified NFL coach. Like we can't have more than one. And you know what? That one guy just so happens to be one of the best in the entire NFL. And it's not because he's African-American. It's not because of the color of his skin. It's because he's a human being and he's a real damn smart one. And you know what? I think we need a culture shift in the NFL. That's not news. We've needed that for years. But next season, when they run another ad on TV, that's just a black screen that says end racism or throw it in the end zone, or put it on the back of these players' helmets. I'm going to remember this, and I think we all should remember this, because it's a disgrace. 
and they're going to try and sweep it under the rug and do all these things and act like they care. But it wasn't that long ago that they blackballed Colin Kaepernick out of the league, a very qualified and very good starter, even in his last season when his team wasn't very good because he took a stand. And it it's a disgrace. Now, one thing I do want to add to this, Hugh Jackson jumped on board saying that the Browns offered him money to lose games. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Um, I don't think you need to offer Hugh Jackson money to lose games. I think Hugh Jackson just going to lose you games. I'm not discrediting the claims of racism he made uh, at all when I say that, but there's no fucking way the Browns offered him to lose games. He was just a shithead coach, so he can make all the excuses he wants, but he's been known to be a liar before, and uh, I hope this doesn't sully the entire situation going on around it. And I wish Hugh Jackson would just shut up. I, I really honestly do. Yeah, and, um, you know, I heard Deion Sanders say earlier or, or sometime last week that he, he knows what Brian Flores, he knows he can interview. He knows he knows his shit. So, God, I mean, if I had an opening on my team right now, I'd want Brian Flores on my team as my I, coach. I wanted the Vikings to hire him, and we'll get to, to their head coaching vacancy in a minute, but he's an awesome head coach who clearly understands team culture and has his guys ready to fight for him to the death. And you were talking about how important one coach is on a staff on the last pod. And I, I agreed with you where it's, it's more of a, a staff total thing than one guy. But the one thing you want from your head coach is to be a leader of men, a guy they'll run through a wall for. Look at Sean McVay. I mean, he's in that position right now, and you can see how fired up he is on the sidelines and how fired up his guys are to play for him. Same thing with Bill. I mean, Bill's not an outward personality. He's more inward and doesn't talk a lot, similar to Flores. But his guys will take a bullet for him. And you need a guy like that, a leader of men. And Brian Flores is that. And to have him disrespected in this way is embarrassing. And the Rooney rule is an embarrassment. You know, you shouldn't have to incentivize teams or force them to interview blackhead coaches. That should just happen. And if the problem is that that isn't happening, blame the owners. The one thing that I don't think anything's going to change, because even if he wins this lawsuit, the owners cut Roger Goodell's check. They're the guys paying him. What is he going to turn around and make a rule against the guys that cut his check for him? No way. He's not going to do that. And that's the shame of the situation that these owners are just going to do another anti-racism campaign next year, like they did this year to sweep the Kaepernick thing under the rug a couple of years ago. And this whole experience that you know black players and coaches go through in the nfl is just going to fester and grow and nothing's going to change much like what happens in society so it, it, it's a shame and it's a travesty i hope he wins the lawsuit and i hope someone takes a chance and hires him because he's a damn good football coach yeah i mean again I, I don't i'm probably not the most qualified person to speak on this but i think that much like a lot of things in society with time as the younger generations grow older, as we become the leaders in society, I feel confident that it will change. You're seeing in the corporate environment a lot of, a lot more diversity. And I think as, as the players that are in the league now go into front office positions and they become leaders on teams and as teams come up for sale, like we saw today, and as new ownership groups come into place, I, I think there's a, a, a bright future for everyone 
to be leaders in the NFL, to play in the NFL, you know, have minority coaches in the NFL. I, I you know, it's tough. Shouldn't fucking happen. No doubt. Um, but I think, I think with time and as we all, as we all get older and, and we come into, into the leadership positions, it'll, it'll get better. I really hope that Steven Ross is forced to sell the team. And I think, unfortunately, it would be centered around the 100K a game he offered Flores to lose. But if you're going to force Steven Ross to sell, throw in Dan Snyder while you're at it. Fuck you, Dan Snyder, you piece of shit. Because you either make him sell the team or you get rid of him. But this behavior, some of these teams can be forced to sell. The NFL could do that if they wanted to. Now, I don't know who would be the arbiter of that because the one guy who could force it, who's quote unquote in charge is paid by the owners and the players association doesn't have that type of power. So uh, if you're going to force Steven Ross to sell over all of this, you got to force Dan Snyder out the door too. And I think a wave of new younger owners could be a great thing for the league. And I really hope it happens. Yeah. And and especially I, I see there's like multiple ownership groups bidding for the Broncos team. And some of them include Peyton Manning, John Elway, people that are younger in tune that are not nah, John Elway can go fuck himself. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm more talking about like the Peyton Manning and the Manning. Yeah. Team, yeah? I, I, yeah. I, I'd be I okay with that. About them, you know, and, and I don't know who the other people are too, but if they're tech billionaires from Silicon Valley, like I, I, I think they could pro- promote diversity through the NFL. So I'd love I'm, to see it. it yeah. And, and we'll see. I'm not arguing to gift anyone a team, by the way. I'm just saying maybe if if an African-American owner were to offer $2 million less, maybe take their offer because it would be good for the league and it would open a door and opportunity for young kids everywhere to look on TV and say, I can do that someday. Because I have examples every time I turn on my TV of things that I can do. But it, 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 bro, they're going to be good important. coaches too. They are. Like, There's good coaches everywhere. I but, hate but, that this yeah. narrative came about Brian Flores's race because he's a good football exactly. coach. Exactly. And that should be yeah. what yep. the headline is. He's a good football coach that hasn't been hired. Unfortunately, when there's a good football coach that hasn't been hired, you have to look for reasons why. And this could be a reason why. It, I think it's fair to say it definitely could be. So it, it deserves to be investigated. Yeah, moving to uh, some more exciting news for me personally. Uh, The Vikings did not get Jim Harbaugh. Apparently, there was kind of mutual disinterest by the end of it. Reports say Harbaugh wanted to go back to Michigan. Other reports say the Vikings didn't really want him because their main man was Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator. Nothing's been announced. I don't think anything will be announced until after the Super Bowl, but they're all reports, Schefter, Rappaport, they're expected to hire Kevin O'Connell. I think that's a great move. It's a complete culture shift from Zimmer. He comes from the McVay system. He's a fiery guy. He's got a good offense that's suited to play with this roster. And if you're going to run play action bootleg type offense centered around a, a bang, uh, sorry, a very powerful run game, it's a great choice with this roster. And you could even keep Kirk Cousins if you really want to. I hope they don't, but like, if there's a system he could succeed in, he already played in the Shanahan system and did well. It's a very similar vertical zone system. So um, I'm excited. I think it's it's a really exciting time and uh, a pretty good hire. 
I have no comment, dude. I, 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 I don't follow the Vikings at all, bro. I know, but, I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm pumped, and they hired an offensive coach. What are you going to do with quarterback? Like, players still got to line up. So. I know, I know. The quarterback is a huge issue. I don't know what they're going to do. If I had to guess, he's gone, especially with his cap hit and the fact that there's other guys they need to re-sign and bring back. They have no corners. Like, they need to find some corners. And we saw last year – Putting everything together with duct tape in the secondary isn't going to work. They have decisions to make on Harrison Smith. Maybe he'll restructure. I doubt it. He just signed a contract last year. Uh, Alexander Madison's a free agent. He's gone. There's no way they're going to pay him a ton of money to be a backup, and someone's going to pay him to be a starter somewhere. But you still got Justin Jefferson. You might still have Adam Thielen. I think there's a good chance you could rework a lot of his salary into bonuses uh, based on performance, which – Again, he's going to hit because he's a monster. Um, There are pieces in place. And the main thing I wanted from the Vikings is I didn't want to see a complete rebuild because if you're going to rebuild, then Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr and Daniil Hunter are all probably gone uh, because Hunter wants a new contract and he's not going to get it because he can't stay on the field. But now that they're bringing in a guy kind of signaling, hey, we're going to go for it at least next year and see what happens. I'm excited about that. Uh, I don't want to see Eric Hendricks go. I don't want to see Anthony Barr go. I definitely don't want to see Harrison Smith go because you can make an argument. He's a Hall of Famer already. And I love watching him. He brings the wood every Sunday. He gets the boys ready to play and he's a leader. So I'm excited for the future for the first time in a while. The last 10 years of being a Vikings fan, well, less than that. I guess the last seven years of being a Vikings fan have been expect more or less the same, especially the last three seasons. And I don't expect the same. Uh, I'm ready for a whole new organization so i'm pumped good stuff if you want to hear anything and everything packers off season related check out my blog good soup that blog hell yeah check it out it's a it's a great blog and if you're worried as a packers fan about the off season i think finn lays it out in a super great way so so yep. go on the website check it out give it a read um we'll transition now to the nba I watched the Grizzlies versus Knicks game last night and the Knicks are very bad. And that makes me sad because I watch a lot of the Knicks games. My roommate's a Knicks fan and they had all this promise coming into the season. They got the four seed last year in the playoffs. They were uh, five. Uh, yeah. Four seed last year in the playoffs. They, they were a good team. They had a lot of young pieces. And the main question that I have this season is what's wrong with Julius Randle. Um, he just got a big contract last season. He shot 41% from three. He averaged 23 points a game. He got 9.8 rebounds a game and 5.8 assists. This season, he's shooting 30% from three, 11% worse. He's only averaging 18.9 points and 5.2 rebounds a game. It, it really comes down to how does he fit in an offense? How does he perform when it matters? And by the way, all of those numbers were per 36 minutes. I did not clarify that they were per 36 minute numbers, but I don't watching him. I just don't know. Um, it's been a really confusing season. Cause he looked like he was on top of the world. He figured everything out and he's still pretty young last season. He was going to do really, really well. And this season it's just been, Meh. I mean, his offensive 
box plus minus is negative 0.1. Last season, it was 2.9. His defensive blocks, block plus box plus minus, sorry, is 0.1 this year. It was 0.9 last year. He's really, really, really taken a step back. And when you watch the Knicks play, he was supposed to be the star that all of this was built around. And that's clearly not the case. I mean, RJ Barrett's their best player this season. So it's a bummer. Um, I don't know what they do with him. His contract is just kicking in this year. He doesn't make, you know, super max or max money, but he's up around $30 million, $40 million a year. They're in a weird spot. They have a lot of cap room. They have a lot of young pieces. I don't think now's the time to panic and move for a star or bring a guy in, but they're struggling this year. I mean, they're 12th in the East right now, 24 and 28. All of the bottom of the East is kind of jumbled. Like the Hawks are the 10 seed right now. They'd make that playoff play in game. They're 24 and 26. So they're only a game up on the Knicks for that spot. But if I look at the Hawks roster and the Knicks roster, I'll take the Hawks over them. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I, all I know is there's a lot of hype coming into the season for the Knicks. Yeah, they won. The, they won the first game of the season for the first time in years. I mean, I shit. I had a future for them to uh, get over forty-two and a half wins. It's looking pretty fucking rough right now. So, yeah, it's, I, I, it, it's going to be tough for them to hit that mark. Um, transitioning get- to basketball futures, one that I am very excited to share with everyone. I had the Bulls at over 40 and a half wins and they have 32 wins right now. It's going to be really hard for them not to hit that man. I I'm a DeMar DeRozan fan. I've always liked him. I thought he was really good in San Antonio, even though no one watched him, but uh, they they're the one seed in the East right now. They're a game up on the heat and a game and a half up on my 76ers who are the three seed, but I will see if they can hang on up top. The East is jumbled right now. I mean, the Nets are the sixth seed, and they're only three and a half games back of the Bulls. It's still early in the season, but like, I don't think the Cavaliers are going to stay as the five seed. I think they'll fade down the stretch. I don't think the Raptors are going to stay as the eight seed. I think they'll fade down the stretch. So the top of the East is going to be really interesting. The Bucks are going to start playing better. They're going to get healthy. I don't, if the Sixers don't do something, I don't see how they hang on in the top three spots in the East, unfortunately. And the Heat are really, really good. And they're a deep team. And you know what? That's a team that's tough. They play really hard. Is that your only future? I have Warriors NBA champions. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. Plus 1,100. That was good. I, I like that bet when I made it. I still stand by it. I thought it'd be more about Clay, and it's not right now. But Steph isn't even playing that well the last 20 games. And uh, he's shooting a lower field goal percentage than Russell Westbrook right now for the season. And they're the two seed. So he starts playing like Steph again. They'll be big time. I watched that Knicks Grizzlies game, like I said, the other night, last night. And I watched the Grizzlies play the Sixers on Monday, I believe it was, when Embiid sat. And I like this Grizzlies team, too. They're the three seed in the West. They're 36 and 18. Uh, John Morant is special. I think the John Morant... Zion, Zion Williamson debates pretty much over now. It's clearly John Morant as the player you'd want from that draft class. 
but they're deep, man. I, they got guys coming off the bench, making plays. They got athletes. They got defenders. They got dudes who can come in and hit a three. They got dudes who can come in and defend. Uh, I really, really like their team makeup and the way that team plays and the way Ja gets the boys going, confident, ready to run. Reminds me of almost a Joe Burrow to cross sports where he's he's <laughs> yep. the quarterback of that team and he's running everything through him on the offense, giving guys slaps on the ass, getting guys ready, giving guys confidence, saying you can take the shot, I believe in you. Uh, in the West, it's kind of the Suns and everyone else right now. The Warriors are only three games back of them, but the Grizzlies are in third. They're seven games back. The Suns are 41 and nine. That's buying away the best record in the NBA. Um, the two best records in the NBA are the Suns at 41 and nine and the Warriors at 39 and 13. So I, the Suns are another wagon. Chris Paul's been awesome. Booker's been awesome. They got a lot of guys who can come in and contribute. Um, I'll say this. I'm really excited. It's looking far ahead, but for the playoffs this summer, uh, it is going to be epic. There are a lot of teams that can compete for that title. Well, here you go. I'll give you my <laughs> laughable nine NBA futures. Um, you got the Cavaliers to make the playoffs at plus 1200. So Eric thinks they're going to slide. I mean, they're sitting. I think they'll make the. I think they'll make the playoffs. I just because remember the top ten teams make the playoffs now. I don't know if that's how that that's calculated with the playing games. I'm kind of worried. I, I need them to be over six. Like I don't want to risk it at all. I don't know how this book's going to work with it. So we'll yeah, see. I don't, brother. I don't think they're staying ahead of the Nets. Do you? Oh well, no. I just need them to stay ahead of the Hornets, Celtics, Hawks. Okay. Wizards. Yeah. Raptors, if they can, you know. I mean, fuck, if, if, if they are nine and they have a playoff game or they have, they have the playing game, like, I can just hedge the fuck out of it against the other team. You yeah, know? I, I think they can beat any of those teams, though. Like, right now, they're the five seed, and I think the East has five really good teams at the moment. Bulls, Heat, Sixers, Bucks, Nets. The Cavaliers are in the second tier of that. And then I think they're the only team in the second tier. I think the third tier would be Hornets, Celtics, Hawks, fourth tier. Raptors, Wizards, Knicks. Um, and I, I'm discrediting the Raptors right now. They're 26 and 23. It's a cool story. I just don't see how their roster gets higher than the eight seed in the playoffs. They have a great coach. Nick Nurse is a great coach, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I got uh, Raptors to make the playoffs too, so we'll see. Um, Wizards to make the playoffs. All of these are like pretty big plus money bets. Um, then I also have the Kings to make the playoffs. I wrote that one off already. That one's probably going to lose. Uh, they're, they're terrible. Um, I got the bulls over 43 and a half Cavs over 27 and a half. So that already hit, um, Mavericks over 48 and a half. Uh, that'll be close towards the end. Yeah, they could do that, but they're going to have to basically win 20 more games over the course of the season. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Knicks over 42 and a half. That one's written off. And then War Wizards over 34 and a half. They need 10 more. I think they're going to get it or 11 more. I think they're going to do it. So really, as I'm looking at it, like the Kings playoff bet and Knicks over total are probably definite losers. Mavericks are fringe. The other ones I'm kind of confident in. So 
we could be looking at seven and two for NBA futures. I mean, that's as good as you could ask for. So I had Celtics under 49 and a half as well. And there are 28 wins. I feel really good about that. I think they're going to turn into a dumpster fire over the course of the season. I hate the Celtics. That's a, a precursor to that. I take the under on them every single year um, just for fun. Cause I like to, to see them burn, but they're not a good team. They got two players on their roster that I would want and everyone else is garbage. So yeah, I, the deadline will be interesting. You know, the wizards are, if they trade Beal, they're blowing it up and they're tanking, but if they That's trade, <laughs> well, if they trade Dinwiddie, they might be able to get some kind of piece back. That seems like what they're going to do at this point. And if they can get something, I, the East is kind of open. I think the Hawks are going to start playing better. They're seven and three in their last 10. And it seems like they're starting to turn a corner. I, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They beat the Sixers. We all know that. So that I, I'm sorry. I hurt my feelings saying that out loud. Um, they're going to be better. I, I don't see how the Hawks don't like pass the Celtics, Raptors, Hornets on their way up. But I don't know. It's going to be a fun bottom. The whole Eastern Conference is fun. To, to be honest with you, because like the Hornets could beat a team. I don't see how they, you could rule them out. They have talent. The Western conference feels like the corporate league where it's just like, you got to play good. It's almost like the Patriots like that's And then like the Eastern conference is like, I don't know. I don't want to demean it by calling it like a rec league, but it's like, it's just a lot more fun where like corporate leagues are like, Oh, you got to be serious. Oh, the guys in the suits are here. But Eastern Conference, it's like, all right, let's fucking let's let's enjoy this basketball game tonight. I think it's shifting though, because like the West was the superior conference for a while, and they do have three really strong teams. But like Utah's the four seed. Utah is the Sixers of the West. They will win one round and then immediately lose. Um, I like Luca, but I don't know what the Mavs have outside of him and Kristaps. The Nuggets, everyone's hurt. And Jokic is amazing. He might win another MVP this year if MB doesn't. But then you got the Timberwolves as the seven seed. The Clippers are the eight. The Lakers are the nine. And the Trailblazers without Dame are the 10. And the 10th seed in the West is 21 and 31. The 10th seed in the East is 24 and 26. So the West is definitely top heavy. Um, but we'll see. I Again, I think it's going to be really interesting because we're looking at matchups that would happen today. You'd have a Trailblazers-Timberwolves 10-7 game, which your guess is as good as mine. And you'd have a Lakers-Clippers 8-9, which is really interesting. Um, you know, some of the other series, like Utah-Dallas at a 4-5, that's a non-starter for me. But like Grizzlies-Nuggets could be fun. The Nuggets have everyone back. Again, we're speculating on... February 3rd. Yep, yep. So there's a lot of basketball left, but I think regardless, the East playing games are going to be super compelling right now it would be Hornets, Hawks, Raptors, Celtics. And those are two games I definitely tune into. No doubt. I'm, I'm excited for the all-star break. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Great segue transitioning to all-star game. The all-star reserves were announced tonight. So I will go over the East and West starters first, as we all know, and then I'll get into the reserves. The starters for the East, in case you didn't see, are Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan. No complaints there. 
That's everyone that should be there. In the West, it's LeBron, Jokic, Wiggins, Curry, and Morant. I have a problem with Wiggins being an all-star starter. I think he's having an awesome resurgence this season. But, I mean, you could put Rudy Gobert in as a forward. You could argue you could put Devin Booker in there, too. I mean, it's really position-dependent, but it's an all-star game. Who cares? I I like Andrew Wiggins. He's playing great this year, but I don't think he's an all-star starter. Do you? He's on the Warriors right now, right? Yep. Yeah, I, he's a benefit of the talent around him. You know, that that's like his production comes off of Clay, Steph, the other players on the Warriors drawing that attention. So, hey, man, Wiggins, I mean, has, been through, Wiggins has been through a lot. Yeah, 18 it, points, 18.3 yeah. points, not bad. I mean, 41 from three is outstanding. That's for him. That's really good. His per 36 minutes are awesome at 20.8. That's better than last year. Um, And 41 from three still on six attempts. So he's definitely making strides last season. His offensive box plus minus was zero this year. It's 1.5 last season. His defensive box plus minus was negative 0.4 this season. It's 0.4, a whole point better. He has uh, he's definitely really improved. And I don't, want this to sound like an anti-Wiggins rant because I think he's an all-star for sure. I just don't think he's an all-star starter, uh, especially over Gobert or over uh, Booker. But that's just my opinion. But getting into the reserves, in the East, the all-star reserves announced tonight were Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Vliet. In the West... It was Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Carl Anthony Towns. Immediate thoughts? Um, immediate thoughts? I don't know who Darius Garland is. Um, other guys seem legit. He's Jason on your calves, bro. Dude, I, I place that bet. Haven't seen a single Cavs game. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, Jimmy Butler being a reserve, that's kind of wild. I know he's had production in the past. And this is coming from a guy that's maybe seen two NBA games all year. Um, Harden being a reserve, interesting. If I'm looking at the lineups between the, the conferences, I know it's an all-star game, but oh, damn, I don't know who I would take. These lineups are crazy. I think they do the thing where it's uh, captains and they select players, right? Yeah, the NBA pivoted uh, to that. So they have like two captains. Oh, gotcha. I think for the East, it's Giannis. And for the West, it's LeBron, clearly. So, so they'll, they'll, they'll get to essentially, it's like a pickup game. They pick their teams. If I'm just choosing who I like, though, I take the East roster for sure. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm yeah, saying. Not even close. The East starting yeah. lineup: Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Trey Young, Demar, versus LeBron and Jokic, who are the anchors, and then Wiggins, Steph, and Morant. I I mean, yeah, that's still a good roster. It's not like a blowaway, but Embiid, Giannis, and Durant is devastating. Bro, I got to backtrack. Wiggins is a starter. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it's not that he's just an all star; he's a starter. Now, uh-huh. a lot of that's because he's a forward, and 
you could argue Booker is not a forward and Luca is not a forward, but I would put Luca or Booker in over him as a starter and not think twice about it. And if Gobert's a center and Jokic is a center and that's the wash, I understand that. And that makes sense. But Bro, have Jokic play forward and put Gobert at center? No. Yeah, you can't really do that because it's it, they're listed as centers. Um, yeah, boy, if I was the coach, I mean, yeah. If but I, I mean, like the best five players out there. Giannis is listed as a forward. He is, but he carries the ball up. He plays a lot of point guard. I, so I don't know. Bro. You could move things around. Like yeah. you could argue yeah. Booker is a he's a wing, so you could call him a forward. Like how different are Booker and um, Wiggins's roles besides usage, not that different. I would put Booker in ahead of him. I put Luke in ahead of him for sure. So, I, you know, I, I think it was a mistake, but they wanted to reward him for him improving so much. And I don't want to take away from that because he's improved a ton this season. And he's worthy of an all-star selection. I just don't think as a starter. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I was looking for a snub this year. It's kind of tough to, to find. Um, I would say Jared Allen didn't get in for the Cavs, and you can make an argument that, like, he did deserve it, but you probably have to take out Van Vliet or Tatum. I'd take out Tatum because I just think he's grossly overrated, but he's still having statistically a better year. And I would definitely put Drew Holiday in ahead of Tatum. So they're the only two, but I, again, it's not like, oh my God, how could they do this? You could say the same thing about LaMelo, but I don't know if I'd put LaMelo in ahead of Tatum. Maybe, maybe, but did Dame, is he, is Dame Dalla hurt? Or... Dame is hurt. Dame is out for the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that shows you how much I've been watching, but um, interesting. Well, <laughs> Draymond's out. So they're going to have to replace him in the West. He's not going to play in that game. He's out three to four weeks. So it, it, I would assume it's Michael Bridges. I don't know how they do that part, um, whether it has to be a guy from the West to replace Draymond. I'm going to assume it does. So it could be Michael Bridges. It could be DeJounte Murray. But I feel like all the guys that are essentially snubs are in the East with Drew Holiday, Jared Allen, LaMelo Ball. And I, I think an argument can be made that all three should get in instead of Jason Tatum. What about Laurie Markkinen? Yeah, he's having a good year, but not good enough to be an all-star. He's a solid contributor. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I probably won't watch the game. Maybe put $11 on the over or something. But You know, I like the NBA All-Star game. It's pro Baseball's, in my opinion, the best All-Star game. Like, I, I will actually watch that start to finish. But the way they do the fourth quarter now and aggregate score and all that, um, interesting. But I'll watch it. It's fun. Guys don't really play that hard. But, you know, I'm more into the dunk contest three-point. Dunk contest is kind of dead now because big-name players don't do it. But hopefully it's fun this year. But transitioning to other uh, all-star games that people don't care about, the Pro Bowl. Hell yeah, I, I like that. That was smooth. What are your thoughts on it, dude? I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. They had a dodgeball um, game tonight. I saw a clip the Vikings posted of Justin Jefferson playing dodgeball. Like, cool, who cares? Why the fuck are you guys playing dodgeball? I, I don't know. I, they used to do those dope um throwing competitions and i think they still do some of it but like you know you get brett Favre and brady 
And then I think it was Phil Sims and Marino were in like the booth, but the booth was right on the sidelines. And I was watching this clip of Brady's throwing footballs over there and they're catching them and throwing them back. And it's a big hangout vibe, lower production value felt less artificial. Now that ESPN has it, it's Disney and it's artificial and it feels fake and produced. So I don't know. It looks like the guys are having fun. Good for them, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm trying to look at the books. Is there even a line for the pro bowl? I wouldn't gamble on the pro bowl. If I'm going to gamble responsibly, that is not something I'm just going to throw money on, but there's gotta be something, right? I mean, fuck mine. Maybe the starters haven't been announced, but fuck. I I put, I don't know. 20 bucks on the NFC. Fuck it. Maybe Aaron, Aaron Jones is in it or something. Maybe they'll get production, but yeah, the most annoying part of the pro bowl is everyone only plays like a series or two and it just turns. But isn't that what kind of makes it the best? Like then you're rooting for the fourth string or the, like the fourth all like pro bowl selection to like throw a touchdown. That doesn't fucking matter. Like I would never bet more than $20 on it, but fuck <laughs> i kind of wish it was a line i'm not gonna watch the game though so it's, it's good that there isn't one i uh i think nick Foles won pro bowl offensive mvp he did he did in 2014 nick Foles won offensive pro bowl mvp before the super bowl just want to point that out to everyone that's the season he threw the seven touchdown game against the raiders so that should tell you enough about the pro bowl right there the only guy to win Pro Bowl MVP and Super Bowl MVP. Legend. I mean, dude's do he's big dick Nick. What else can you say? Say, say less. We, we talked about say Brady less. being the GOAT earlier, and you know what? He's got two losses to Eli Manning and one to Nick Foles, which is just a hilarious, hilarious thing. Like Peyton couldn't beat Tom his whole career, and his his little brother beats him twice in the Super Bowl. And Peyton's the biggest, I mean, sorry, Eli's the biggest, like, I fell ass backwards into this win quarterback ever. You're like, I don't, he's like, I don't know what's going on. He's got the Eli stare. I love Eli, by the way, that uh, Peyton and Eli broadcast, you know, everyone was falling in love with Peyton. I think Eli carried that. Um, His one-liners that never hit, his just overall demeanor towards Peyton the entire time. I I thought he was sick. He put on the, the chain that Snoop Dogg got him for his birthday, the death row in the, the playoff game, it was it was pretty funny. Bro, it looked like he had no idea what was going on. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not excited for the Pro Bowl, more or less. Not at all. No. One last thing on the day. Um, this is my favorite story from the week. Eagles running back Boston Scott has become the latest athlete to be a two-sport pro athlete. If you're wondering what other sport, it's not basketball, it's not baseball. It's not hockey, it's not soccer, it's not tennis, it's not golf, it's not swimming, it's Rocket League. He is a pro Rocket League player. I was shocked to find out he's grand champion. That's top 52% of all 6 million players in Rocket League. I grinded Rocket League for like five, six years. One of my favorite games, if not my favorite game ever. I mean, my house in college, we would hang out, play Rocket League, amongst other activities for six to seven hours a day. And I know what kind of grind that game is and what it's like to be grand champion. He has to be absolutely filthy. How he has time to do that and be an NFL running back amazes me. But two-sport athlete, baby, pro Rocket League player, Boston Scott, give him his props. 
the fact that Grand Champion is like what, what they say 0.25 or like 0.5 percent. I I have a friend that streams it. His name's Ginger Jeff. If you want to look him up on Instagram and all his Twitch streams, like he was good, like blew me out of the water for sure. I don't even think he was up there. And it's like, yeah, it's point. I was totally wrong. It's 0.52%. You are a hundred percent right. 0.52% of 6 million people. That's how good he is at rocket league. As a guy that's played rocket league, like, I can't hop off walls and fly through the air. Like this guy's probably incredible. Let me, I, I, I think I have to check, check out his Twitch stream now. I don't Dude, know. It took me five years to get to diamond. Like it, this dude's in grand champion. I, I mean, that's insane. Like if anyone out there is listening, like what the fuck is rocket league? It's a soccer game where instead of kicking it, you are a car driving around and you can do aerials and score goals um, I'm assuming this is in 2v2. I think that's the competitive mode that everyone plays. That's mostly what everyone plays. Um, it's a very difficult game with really intricate physics, and it ain't easy. Like, people will look at this and be like, oh, he's a pro gamer. I honestly think, like, him being a pro Rocket League player is more impressive than him being an NFL running back. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Honestly, like, think about it. Think about it, dude. That's difficult. And he's like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, most grand champion pro rocket league players, they're, they're putting in 10, 11 hours in the game a day. He can't be doing that. He's an NFL player. No. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and he's pretty good. He's not, it's not like he's a throwaway NFL player. He's a backup running back on the Eagles, but he got some touchdowns. He got some carries solid, solid player. Okay. I mean, next podcast, we'll do a goats of goats two sport athlete edition. <laughs> I mean, I might have to put Boston Scott at one. His is most impressive, you know, Bo Jackson, never heard of him. Boston Scott, bro. All the way. Yeah. Deion Sanders, Michael Jordan. Fuck him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, Michael Jordan was definitely a worse baseball player than Boston Scott is a football or rocket league player. Dude. Now that you, yeah. Like, like seriously, uh, seriously like him, Dion and well, Dion was a, a contributor on a, a world series team, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Or did they lose? I think that they lost, but yeah. he was, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can watch the 30 for 30 on it, but I think they didn't let him play. For yeah. It, so, and but uh, like, Bo like, Jackson, I mean, Bo Jackson, nothing Deion. else needs to be said. Bo Jackson is the goat of goats for two sport athletes. There's nothing like that ever. So it's just conversation between how much does Boston Scott contribute and how much does Deion Sanders contribute? Yeah. No, it is. And it's, you know, Dion, Dion probably edges him out, but I got to see if Boston's carrying in rocket league. It is a super sweaty game, man. I, I can only imagine the competitive spirit he's bringing to those sweats. I mean, he's the, the dudes playing against Boston Scott are probably absolutely drenched. Their keyboard is underwater and he's still out here throwing up hat tricks, leading his team in scoring aerials off the walls. Uh, he's gross, man. <laughs> Congratulations, Boston Scott. Well, man, I, I think that wraps it up for the, the week in sports. It does. Look forward We're, to the Pro Bowl. Next week, we got Super Bowl previews. We got Super Bowl week next week. We got some cool stuff on the way. Um, we're going to break down the game as usual. You know, maybe talk some Super Bowls of past years. 
maybe even rank some Super Bowls. Who knows? Uh, but we're pumped for it. I can't wait. We'll get through the Pro Bowl this weekend, maybe watch a little NBA, and uh, come Monday, we'll be ready to rock on a Super Bowl week preview. Eric, before you go. Yeah. Way too early Super Bowl pick. The line is currently at plus four and a half. I'm going to take the Rams minus four and a half there. Yeah, I, you know what I said? I can't bet against the Bengals, but the Rams are a horrible matchup for them. And again, we'll get into it in detail next week. But Dude, I'm, I'm going full crazy girl astrology on us. It's, yeah. the, year, it's the year of the tiger. Okay. Oh, man. Fuck, dude. It's I mean, listen. Stars, baby. Let's I, go. I need you to take the Bengals because I think I'm going to take the Rams. And dude, we got to go head to head on this. I'm taking a money line too, baby. Let's go. Oh, that, that's a preview. I, I'm not decided. I know I'm pretty excited, but we'll see what I really pick next week. And we will. Don't you worry. On the Friday pod, we're going to have a Super Bowl prop segment. So we will get you hooked up with our Super Bowl props for the weekend. Because yes. that's the most fun gambling aspect of the Super Bowl is all the props. Because it's only one game. You can only do so much. Throw some money on some fun props. Hang out. We got a great Super Bowl halftime show this year. Um, can't wait to watch Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar. That's um, it's uh, Alicia Keys, right? I'm not making that. Yeah, I think it's Alicia Keys too. Damn. Who's who's singing the uh... national anthem? I do yeah. not know. Oh, dude. I mean, we'll let you know I... on on uh, on Monday's pod. I'll let you know exactly how many seconds to bet the over for the national anthem. That's He's got tape on deck, man. He's got years of tape just downloaded on the huddle, and he's going to break down the national anthem. Did, did anyone else time the championship game national anthems? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're ahead of the curve, man. Who else would put in this much work? Nobody. Finney comes in. He's taping the national anthem length. He's given us surfing tidbits, tennis tidbits. He's all over the map, lacrosse tidbits. I mean, who else could do this? Nobody. I mean, I don't, I don't watch a single NBA game, but, but I got you for the other sports. Yeah. All right. All day, two times on Sunday. Let's and hey, me. kids and, and adults, don't forget we launched www.goodsoup.blog. It is live. You can check out some articles by me. Finney's got a Packers offseason article on there. My buddy Matt, uh, who does the Good Soup podcast, uh, he's got with me, he's got a West side story right up on the website. We're going to be playing Mario party on Twitch, Matt, Ali, Dan, and I on Sunday. Uh, our film podcast is going to release every Friday. That is the good soup podcast. As always, this is the victory formation podcast. You can find us on Spotify or Apple music, as well as just linked right on the website. If you don't have either of those, uh, stay safe, have an awesome weekend. Sit back and enjoy the Pro Bowl, and we will see you on Monday. Start the music, Eric. Keep it rolling. I, I'm going to start ending the podcast with a dad joke. God start, damn it, Bobby. Start the music, baby. I, I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. Oh, yeah. I keep that thing on me. God damn it, Bobby. They see me selling propane, and now they trying to copy Pretend to be broke, but I got hella cash. If you use charcoal, I'ma kick your ass. Made this money from propane, bitch. 
I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. That's my purse, I don't know you. If you running up, then I pull out this 32. Bitchy's big, Bobby spitting heat in the stew. I got rats on rats, and you ain't got a clue. God damn it, Bobby. Shut the fuck up. When I'm on the block, bitch, I fucking shit. Oh man, goddamn. Bitch, I'm pulling out, painting clouds on my walls. Better go kick my dad in the balls. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Made this money from propane, bitch. I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch. Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments. Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement. Oh man, goddamn. Bobby, I know you were capping the whole time, boy. I know you get no bitches and no hoes and no paper, no bands, boy. All you do is sit in the fucking basement all day and play World of Warcraft with your bitch ass, jerking off to hentai all day with your ugly ass, man. Bobby, you need to go get a fucking job or something, man. I'm about to kick you out of the house.